Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. Today, we've got Gary Van Sickle with us, who's rapidly become, over the years, one of my favorite, if not my favorite interview to do. I think after if, hours, I think after hours, you gotta, I've got to turn my hat back. There you go. There you go. This is after hours. Yeah. I'm yeah. that young target audience you're looking for, baby. <laughs> right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. With our walkers and our canes and our uh, Asper cream gel and all hey, that. Let me tell you about my prescriptions that I take so we can compare them, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. That's Go what ahead. all people do. Hey, I'm taking Xanax. Uh, you should try that. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's that's what you talk about. Yeah, here, try one of my what did they I heard a commercial the other day. It was pretty funny. It didn't have anything to do with golf, but it said now that your drug of choice is Lipitor, uh, <laughs> you know, and not what we did 45 years ago. It was uh, how are they worded? It was pretty funny. I um, don't want to keep railing, you know, about LIV or live or 54, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I think we saw I think we got the curtain pulled back a little bit, Gary, this week when they said and it came out in that hearing that uh, their winnings player on that on the LIV tour, their winnings go against their initial paycheck. And, you know, really, nobody thought that up, you know, and, and I think that shocked people a little bit. And, um, well, yeah, if you're Charles Schwartzel and you got 12 million to join and you win 4 million, it just comes out of your, you didn't, you don't have 16 million. You still only, you still have the 12, 12. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. And I think that you were talking about the teams earlier. I think the teams are going to be focused for betting. Yes. I think that's what they're going to be is, you know, you're I think betting and to attract advertising, you know, like you said, if you can get four guys together who all are going to play Adidas or all are tailor-made or certain company, then maybe tailor-made buys that team, the sponsorship for a billion dollars or whatever. Right. But I think they're going to be turned into franchises like professional sports teams and, you run them that way and you have merchandise and all that stuff, but that's going to be a, it's going to take a, it's going to take a while for that to catch on. I, I think that's what they think young people might be interested in is following these teams versus individuals. But I don't, I think that's again, pretty iffy. I, I don't know how that you make the team event interesting 
you've got four guys playing in four, you know, four man team and each guy's playing in a different, different group and different scores. And it's like a college golf thing. Well, college golf is terrible on TV until that's why they changed the national championship to match play. So you can see what's going on because otherwise you got a guy over here making a six and this guy makes a five, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have the drama of individual stroke play, you know, just one guy at a time. Right. But match right. play. You know, if you know, Patrick Reed's beating his guy, he's two up and he's going to win his point, you know, mm-hmm. like a Ryder cup, you can keep track of that. So there, there's a lot of problems with that too, but I think to me, that's their only hope of really setting themselves apart is franchising the teams and, and going all in on that. But, you know, we're back to the, back to the fact that they've got so much money. They got a bottomless pit of money. They can do anything they want. It never has to catch on. They're not trying to make a profit. That's not the reason behind this. They can, they can just, they're just throwing money out there to improve their horrible image. Uh, our president was over there sucking up to him for oil. So he's okay with the leadership. So I, I, to me, this is, there's only a few holdouts, a couple of them on TV who are still screaming about how terrible this guy is and what they've done. And he's not wrong, but I don't think anybody, you know, cares anymore. If, you know, all the sports have been over there multiple times. Why is this different? It's like a broken record. You know, which, yeah. we don't run other countries. They're different. They do what they want. And yeah, some of them are bad guys. Uh, that's the way it is. The one thing that I found about, um, I had a, some brief dealings with them way back in the nineties and I was over there in Riyadh that when they're done with something, they're done. Yeah. I mean, they, they just boom and the money dries up and, um, it's all over. And, uh, you know, from what you were saying, and I would agree with you, it will be interesting to see. You know, it's not that they just recklessly throw money around. They always have a point to what they're doing. But if that point doesn't facilitate and uh, come to fruition, at some point they're going to say, you know, we've spent $700 million on this. And even though that doesn't really mean anything to us, we're not going to do it again. They did it in car racing. They did it in horse racing. They did it with horse shows. Um, those are some things I'm familiar with. They went for a while. Now there's still a few of the, the shakes and stuff that participate in those, but for a while it was every, every one of them had to have a, a stable and I'm not just talking about horses and stuff, but they had to have a stable of race cars. They had to have a stable full of show horses. You know, it was the big deal. And then as time went on and they lost interest in it, it just dried up, just boom, like yeah. that. Well, they, oh. they spent they spent close to seven hundred million dollars just to sign the top six or seven guys, right? You know, Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau. Uh, you're we're assuming that the reports on Cameron Smith are correct. Uh, I'm leaving somebody out, but there's some there's two other guys in there, and that was like six hundred seventy five million just for the like those six guys. Yeah. So that's those pockets are pretty deep. Well, I'll tell I'm you what. Deep enough to buy the media because here I am. I'm I'm for sale. Help me yeah. out. <laughs> I, I you know I don't have any morals. I'm media scum. You're you're, uh, you're on a fixed me, income send a too. Send me so, a check. I'm available. Um, I would wonder if at this point, and it's so new though that 
with having played three of their tournaments, Phil hasn't really risen to the top of the bucket, so to speak. I wonder if they're thinking like, I wonder if that was money well spent getting him to kind of be the, you know, the premier player to come and, and be our face of the LIV. Well, he, he still, he still draws that, crowds that moved that moved the needle thing is true about tiger and, and Phil's the other one. The other there's really, there's only two guys who sell tickets and that's tiger and Phil. Now for a while there, for about a year and a half, Bryson DeChambeau, when he was trying to hit it 380 yards in every hole, he became the big, you know, he replaced them as because the other guys aren't playing. Right. But he was the big show on the PGA tour two, two summers ago. He was phenomenal. I mean, he, he, he way outpaced John Daly in his heyday as the big draw, but he hurt his wrist. He's kind of, he's gone he's disappeared. He's been injured. I don't know if he'll ever be the same. And I, my guess is that's probably why he took some of the, took the money to go over there because maybe he knows. Yeah. My body can't, I can't do, I can't do that 400 yard drive thing anymore. I got to do something else, but Phil, Phil sells ticket, his name, gets you attention. It brings people to the ballpark. It brings people to the TV screen. Even if he plays crummy, you know, see so what the, the commercial said, what will Phil do next? Well, people still wonder what he'll do next. Now if he keeps shooting 75. They might start wondering, stop wondering here pretty soon, but he's yeah. still a draw. He's still an attraction. Oh, yeah. because, you know, that's golf's problem. If you get past tiger and Phil and, and Bryson DeChambeau, what what does pro golf really have right now for a for a fan superstar? I mean, Ricky Fowler was number three guy a couple of years ago, but he's played his way off the radar. Who's who's next in line? Justin Thomas? I don't think people are excited about him. Kepka was kind of surly and a kind of a bully. They're not huge on him. Uh, Jordan Spieth, everybody kind of likes him, but he's had issues. But he, you know, I, I don't think he's going to sell a lot of tickets for you. They. PGA Tour has a, you know, superstars are hard to come by, and they have a lot of good players who are stars. Scotty Scheffler, is he going to sell tickets? Oh, not yet. You know, Cameron Smith, the mullet, he, he's a guy who maybe was on his way to doing that. Yeah. Now he's, now he's over there. So I, they don't yeah, – who, who's number three? The, the golf doesn't really have a – Anybody who's still on the level of Tiger and Phil, who both are basically retired, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, they're right. done. I liked your tweet they're, this morning when you said you made a comment sort of like that. And you said it's only one guy that can do yeah. that. And he's and he's only playing part time now or something. At and, best. Yeah. Yeah. He's only playing three majors a year and probably nothing else. Maybe he'll play Bay Hill, but I wouldn't bet on it. So, no. yeah. But, you know, here's the thing. Everybody on live, no matter who they are, whatever, they're out of sight, out of mind. They're gone. PGA Tour will roll on, and somebody is going to go out and, and win tournaments. And next thing you know, maybe Mark Hubbard wins four in a row, or JT Poston wins a Masters, or somebody, you know, it's not hard to make, it's not hard to make stars. It's hard to make a superstar because you got to have a little more than just, you know, winning golf tournaments. Although if you win enough, you can still become one, but there's plenty of guys out there who are good players and we'll see somebody rise up and 
you know, who the, the guy from Peru, Mito Pereira, you know, maybe Mito Pereira will come back after this disastrous PGA. Maybe he'll come back and win a Masters or something. He could. Well, we'll you know, the PGA Tour creates stars. That's how all these guys on the on – the, I like to call it the 54 Tour. The 54 right. Tour got there. They all became stars in the PGA mm-hmm. Tour pretty much or the European Tour. And they're gone. They won't, they'll be missed a little bit, but really not – Not too much. Not really much. They're, they're replaceable just like everybody in golf. Somebody else will step in. And, you know, Cameron Smith is not going to win the players next year. Somebody else will, and we won't care that Cameron Smith's not there. Well, and, you know, I think these guys, uh, and like I said, we hadn't talked since then, but right after the first event in London, I noticed that Liv fired, like, four or six guys. They were nor- They were from, like, Northern Ireland and in Scotland and they were European guys, nobody that we'd ever heard of to, to say, but that, that didn't get a lot of press, but there was only so much room on their 48 man roster. And they had some new guys coming over from the PGA tour. And so those six guys got 86. And so I don't know if, you know, how that's going to play out on DP and that kind of stuff. If they were going to be, have to sit out for a year or whatever, they were low ranking players anyway, because I, I don't even remember their names, honestly. Yeah, Well, they, you know, they're that they live the 54 tours kind of booked up. Now these, they've got 48, you know, they've got all these guys under some kind of contract to get rid of them. They're going to have to buy out whatever their contract is. And we don't know the guys in the bottom probably don't have much of one, but right. They don't want to really start doing that, but, it, but it's easy to forget that when this was going on back in February, it didn't look like anybody any good was going to go, and they were going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel just to get 48 guys to show up. So they've come a long way since then. And, uh, yeah, it's, if you want to jump over there now, you better be top 20 in the world because otherwise I don't think they have room for you. No. So, which is, a, you know, it's a good problem to have, but it's, it's a different, you know, PG tour was probably uh, complacent. They probably should have been doing some other things. Look how much money they've coughed up out of nowhere in response. Right. I mean, the first reaction, if you're a tour player is like, well, if we had this money, what, why weren't we, you know, where'd all this come from? If we had this kind of money, why weren't we using it before? Oh, because they didn't, it's a it's a nonprofit, but you know it's one of those nonprofits that right. money. Right. So it's uh, I have no look. I have no problem with any of those guys who went over to take the money. I don't care how rich you are. If somebody offers you fifty million or ninety million or one hundred and thirty million. You're, how do you say no to that? Right. That's just money. No matter how rich you are, that's 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 crazy. That's crazy money. And credit the tiger for turning down 750 million that he was offered uh, probably because Phil took it. He, he probably didn't want to be in the same boat as Phil, but I mean, I'm, I'm making a joke there, but yeah, he didn't take it, but you know, he didn't need it. Everybody else, nobody else has got a hundred million dollars in golf, you know, other than Phil or well, Phil had it and gambled it away. BJ Singh has got those kind <laughs> of winning. It's uh, I don't blame any of those guys for doing it. And I think any of us would. And you know, what was Barkley's quote? For $100 million, $200 million, I'd kill one of my relatives. 
I think your average guy in the street feels exactly the same way and doesn't begrudge those guys at all for going. They just should have said when they left, yeah, I, I couldn't pass up the money. It was too big and not while well, I'm trying to grow the game in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, right. Just, yeah. It's, it's about the money. Uh-huh. That's fine. Go ahead. Uh, we don't go, go ahead. Go, go, go for it. Uh, not, not upset with those guys at all. Just don't lie about it. You know, I think that's where they maybe missed the boat PR wise. You know, what's going to be interesting too, Gary is the commentators and stuff. They started with Jerry Fultz. Um, and they had a couple people out there. Now they've got Faraday there with Faraday there. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw McCord come trick trickling in later at some point. Uh, there was some rumor floating around about Brandel Chambly. I don't know if that oh, has no, any- never, never, ever <laughs> He's leading the charge on the righteousness against them. He would never, yeah. ever, but, um, yeah, uh, you know, get the band back together. Peter Costas, Gary McCord, and, uh, Parody. might be a, might be a fun group, but I haven't heard anything about Costas even being approached. So, uh, he's maybe a little, uh, a little too golfy and not entertaining enough. Yeah. They had a couple of, I don't guys I'd never heard of on the early ones and they were just amateurish. Yeah. But bringing Faraday in made a immediately made a difference immediately. But it's yeah. funny how it's funny how the announcers aren't being criticized for jumping Jerry Foltz and Faraday. These guys aren't getting ripped for going to doing LIV. No, they're not. And I don't hold anything against them as far as that's a they're still in the well, not so much Faraday, but Jerry is still in the middle of his career. You know, he's been solid on the LPGA for years. But he's never had a chance to be one of the stars. He's right. been the foot soldier, the faithful foot soldier on the sideline going, she's got a six iron yeah. and that's it. So, and, and Faraday never got to be the guy in the, in the tower. Right. And he never would because he's too much of a wild card. I mean, you see what CBS does. Nick Faldo was, I was not a huge fan of him and he's leaving and, who do they bring in Trevor Immelman? I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's a really nice guy, but he's never going to say anything. Off no. Or interesting. I mean, I, I, Frank Nambolo would have been a better pick in my opinion. Yep. But, I think Frank, or a lot a of guys job. would have been a better pick, but, uh, see, you know, CBS doesn't make that call. I mean, the guys who make that, they, whoever they hire at CBS and the tower is basically approved by the, the guys at Augusta national. They like yeah. having Nick. He had a code. I mean, if I'm Trevor Immelman, the only guy I'm worried about taking my job right now would be, say, Tiger Woods. Tiger wanted to go in the booth. CBS and Augusta would love that. They'd take him in half a second. Yep. Well, I thought Colt Nost has been doing a good job out there. Um, yeah, he's uh, got he's got a, he's fun. He's got a little he's like got a little fairy in him. He's a little yeah. mischievous. He's he's funny. Yeah, he's good. And, and, um, but it, I was going to tell you something. <clears throat> I had Dottie on the show a couple of times. Uh, she hadn't been on for a couple of years. So, and the first time she was on the show, I, I sent her a note and I said, uh, this was before she came on the show. And I said, yeah, I just did a brief interview with Peter Costas. That was fun. And she fired back. She goes, you're the only person I know that ever put the word fun and Peter Costas in the same sentence. So 
I appreciated that. There's from some her. truth. There's some truth to that. Uh, when I was a golf world, he used to, he was, he was writing some columns. You know, we had celebrities every so often. Uh, sure. I don't know who usually did it with them, but I had to do one with them. And uh, I mean, I like them. I get along with them real well. I like them, but it was, uh, it was a headache because everything, and this was, this was 20 years ago. We're talking now. I mean, everything had, Everything yeah. had gone to his head a little bit, so he was a little difficult to work. He was a diva for sure. Yeah, well, McCord's a diva, but he's a fun diva, so that's all right. Oh yeah, yeah, I love McCord. He's he's a blast, but he's he's also a diva. That's it's part of his charm. They 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 got a little de diva there after they took the walk, but uh, you know I haven't seen Costas do much of anything. He doesn't appear on too many shows like this or anything. I think he's just every once in a while he'll drop a little gem on Twitter or something. Yes. But, well, but, you know, I, I don't know if he doesn't want to do anything or if nobody nobody asked tired him. of his act and doesn't want to invite him because he yeah, because as you said he wasn't fun. I I don't know, but yeah, yeah, maybe you should call him up and try to get him on the show. It would be he's got great stories. I mean. I, I, I don't know why I called him. I think maybe McCord told me, but I did a story on uh, using side saddle putting, oh, probably 10, 12 years ago, which was pretty off, off kilter. And uh, McCord had a lot of good stuff, and Dave Pels did, but I don't know why I got a hold of McCord. I mean, Costas. And Costas said uh, when he was just a gopher at uh, – Wherever he was, he was working for Golf Digest golf schools. They had these big golf schools back in the day. And they would bring Sam Sneed in, and Sneed would do stuff. Well, his job at the golf school was basically to be Sam Sneed's gopher, take care of Sam Sneed's handler. He would drive Sam around and do all this stuff. And he said, well, of course, we wound up playing a lot of golf together. And uh, Sneed taught him how to show him all the secrets that he had about putting side set. And Costa started messing with it, and he he became convinced that this was a better way to putt, especially inside of six feet. And but Costas was still trying to be a player back then. Anyways, make a long story short, he was on tour. He was playing in the Tallahassee Open, his first event, and he was going to putt. Side, he was doing it in practice rounds, and guys were giving him the evil eye, like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> and the first tournament, he he was gonna he was gonna play it. I think it was Tallahassee. And he gets on the first green. He's got like a 20-footer for birdie. And he's looking at the other guys he's with and a few people around. And he said, I, I just couldn't do it. It was, I, I just could, I couldn't do it. I, 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 I didn't have the guts to do it. I changed my mind. I went ahead and putted normal and he did whatever he did. But he was going <laughs> to put side saddle and backed out at the last minute because it was such a, an orthodox look. He was going to take a lot of grief. I mean, this was even before the long putter or the belly putter. I mean, right. year, 30 years before. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you just don't think Peter Costas would, would do no. something like that. But he, he, he saw Sneed. He saw Sneed do it and make it work. You know, he said, you know, once Sam Sneed went to side saddle, you never really heard him complain about putting anymore. He putted pretty well side saddle. And I, yeah. I, I agree. I, I've messed with it. And if you have issues with the putter, on short putts, the side saddle, you can pick it up in 15 minutes of practice if you get a few tips. And uh, inside of five feet on short putts, 
it is a better way to put. Huh. There's a secret to it. And I'll go ahead and spill it. But the secret is if you're right-handed, you flip your, you flip your right hand on the grip, you flip it over. So it's face the back of your hands facing the hole and you kind of just swing the club on the, you know, whatever your target line is, you just kind of try to point your middle finger on the target line as, as you pull the club through on the swing. So you're pulling the club with your stroke instead of pushing it with your right hand. And that's a game change. And it's oh, yeah. so easy to do inside of six feet. You would not believe it. The problem is on a 30 or 40 footer. Now, all of a sudden there's a, bunch of other dynamics involved and you're going to have to spend a lot of time practicing. That's why I haven't done it because, you know, you're going to have to care, probably, I don't think I'm ever going to get good enough from 40 feet. You're going to need two putters. And it's like, I don't want to go to that much trouble. Right. Now, if I get desperate enough, I will. If I can't make a three footer, then I'm in, you'll, you'll see it, but I'm not there yet. Well, there you go. So what does the schedule hold for Gary going forward this year? Well, let's see. Uh, I mowed two yards this morning, so I'm thinking in a nap later. Oh, you mean long term, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I've got credential. I'm. I don't know if I'm going to go to the BMW Championship next week. I have to play in a couple of pro ams on Monday and Tuesday. I have to. Oh boy. So by the time I get to Delaware, it's later in the week. So I don't know if I'll be able to go, but I will be at the Tour Championship in Atlanta. Uh not going to the president's cup because one of our guys lives in Charlotte. So we already got, you know, we have, yeah. have guys there. that's probably, you know, I may go to Jim Furyk's got a really good senior tournament that he hosts on in Ponte Vedra beach. I may go to that. And, uh, I don't really, do you understand what the fall tour events are now? They were talking about making them playoffs for qualifying to get your, keep your card and stuff, or are they still the same? I don't know, but I, I would be interested in going to one or two of those. The, the RSM uh, Classic, which it was in uh, Sea Island, I may go to that, but I don't think I, don't, I think RSM is out. I think it's got a new sponsor. But I, that would be don't... the last tournament of the year, so there might be something riding on that one. Somebody may be trying to keep their card or keep their status or something if it's still the same. And, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still a little unclear about what the two were said about this. I have no no idea honestly i mean i've read about it and it was like i wonder how that works i don't know you know you're kind of trying to put it together and i just kind of walked away from it honestly gary because i i didn't want to spend that much time trying to figure out what the hell was going on i just figured i just figured yeah. it would unfold if it's and- just if it's just going to be guys trying to keep their cards who didn't get their car i mean you're talking about you're not going to have you're guaranteed to have nobody in the top 70 playing these things. Right. I mean, good luck. You good luck get finding a sponsor for that. It might as well be a corn fairy event then. Yeah. So I, they have, uh, you know, 54 golf is re- wreaking havoc with the PGA tour in, in, on multiple levels. And, uh, this fall thing, uh, the wraparound schedule, the whole thing is, it's really pulling the carpet out from under, uh, that, that's, I think the big, I don't want to say a fear, but I, I could see, you know, the, the problem with having a super tour like 54 is every event can't be a big deal event. Yeah. You may remember when the, the tour switched to the wraparound season and did this, uh, they invented the world golf championships. Those world golf championships were supposed to be big deal events or limited fields. All they did was take all the best players 
who are now going to have to play in all four of these events. You just took four dates off their schedule from regular tour events. They would have played it. Right. So you just stuck a knife in the John Deere Classic and the FBR and you know, the Booz Allen and whatever. And now the Live Golf is doing the same thing to the PGA Tour. They're taking all these guys out and they've sucked. Look, they, have you seen a headline on anything besides Live Golf in the last three weeks? Oh, no. And it's, it's always all the air out of the room. If you look on the social media stuff, it's all trending. Live yeah, golf. So trend. There's there's a chance that sponsors are gonna go, well, this new deal and all this stuff, what am I paying all this money for if if I'm running the 3M championship in Minneapolis and we can't even get a headline? Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, the tour may suddenly be missing eight tournaments and not know what not know what hit them. I'll tell you one and, thing that I saw, and I want to finish with this. Um I saw these pictures of Greg Norman standing up there like he was a messiah, um, talking to the crowds and stuff. And his arms were out and he was very animated and all that. And I thought, that's just weird to me. Yeah. It's it's just, I know it's his personality, and I he probably thinks he's really got something here. And he and in fact he does. But I just thought, and, and his like his behavior of Portland, you know, pouring beer down a fan's throat and chucking beers to the crowds and all that. I he, just that's weird. He's in love. He's in love with himself. You know, Chris Everett just did an interview. I just read it. I part of it yesterday, and she said uh, it was Greg who ended their marriage, not her. And she said the best thing about being married to Greg was his parents, not him, his parents. And somebody else, uh, who else was it who said, uh, longtime tour player? Oh, it was Fred Couples in, did an interview and he said he didn't, he never did like Greg Norman. He's, you know, never has. And he said, in fact, nobody did. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. But two Here, and two together and you get 54. Yep. There you go. Gary Van Sickle. Thanks, buddy, for taking the time today. I'm turning my head around. That means it's the end of the segment. It's the end of this segment. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. So everybody go out, have some fun, play some golf. Take care.